Welcome to Extra Musical, the podcast where we delve into the lives, thoughts, creative process, and hobbies of musicians and other creative artists. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit www.hiddencinemarecords.com slash podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast and everything else going on at HCR, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash hiddencinemarecords. Today we're joined by Ines Velasco. She's a Brooklyn-based composer, arranger, producer, and drummer born in Guadalajara, Mexico. She graduated from Berklee College of Music with a dual degree in jazz composition and performance and has worked as an arranger and orchestrator of different projects and artists, which include Snarky Puppy with the Metropole Orchestra, Alina Angerbayan, Jose Merce, and the National Jazz Orchestra of Mexico. She was chosen... She was chosen to participate in the 2014 Metropole Orchestra Arrangers Workshop under the tutelage of Vince Mendoza, where she arranged for jazz vocalist Gregory Porter. She currently lives in New York, where she splits her time writing, arranging, and working at the booking and management agency, Kami Music. Let's get to the interview. Hey everyone, we're sitting down with Inez Velasco, and we are uh, getting to meet her as an artist. You just heard a little bit about her from the introduction, but let's hear from her uh, themselves. Uh, thank you, Inez, uh, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking me to be here. It's so cool. Pause. I forgot to check the thing. Are your pronouns uh, she, her? Are they she, yeah. they, they, them? Yeah, she, she, her. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks. Sorry. I just, uh, as I did that, I was like, oh, no, I don't even know if I even friggin' checked and I did a whole intro. Oh, it's uh, all good. I appreciate it, but yeah, oh, no, no worries. Just, oh, 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 okay. Sorry. <clears throat> don't, don't worry. <laughs> so, so Inez, like, uh, what's your story? Like, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from and where are you based now? Sure. Uh, well, I'm originally from Mexico, from Guadalajara. And I moved to the States in 2009. Yes, I can count. Uh, I went to Berkeley <laughs> to study drums. I thought I was going to be a drummer forever and ever. And then I got there and I started to, um, you know, kind of to get interested in other stuff that wasn't just drumming. You know, like once I got there, I felt like my world expanded in terms of the possibilities of what one could do with music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love jazz. I mean, that's kind of like why I went there. I wanted to, to, to be a jazz drummer. And, um, I was like, well, maybe I should study something else besides just jazz drumming. And then I went for jazz composition only because it was jazz, but I had never written a note. <laughs> so oh. I was like, let me try that. <laughs> Did you change your major? Like while you no, were there? I did or... I did oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Berkeley, I mean, I don't know if it's still the same or if in other colleges it's the same, but you can do a dual degree. So I chose performance and jazz composition. So I just kind of like dove right in without having written really anything. Uh, I just, I don't know. I I guess I didn't give it too much thought, actually. Um, And I really loved it. You know, I felt like I suddenly discovered this other side of myself that I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Because I actually don't enjoy being in the limelight so much, you know, so Mm -hmm. I always struggled a little bit as a performer. Uh, But I felt like when I was writing, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that is a control thing, but I just, I I feel very comfortable just working on my own and thinking about things. I mean, I love working with people, of course, you know, but I love that sort of quiet process of hashing things out. And that, that, that felt very, uh, I guess, very true to me at the time. And it still does. Um, so that's kind of how I started to write, you know, it was really during college. Um, and I really fell in love with it and started to arrange as well. And 
um, that's, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I started. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so you you got into Berkeley on drums, and then they mm-hmm. let you do a dual degree. I don't know. Like, dual degrees are common everywhere else, but I don't know mm-hmm. if you'd be able to get into at least Berkeley without having written before, without the drum part. Like, do you know other people who got into Berkeley writing without, like, submitting a portfolio before? Well, I think the thing about Berkeley is that you get in, I mean, really kind of as a performer, you know? And then you do one year of core classes, uh, at least when I was there. And then to sort of try to figure out if, like, that's what you want to do, if you want to stay as a performer, or if you want to do something else, you know, whether that's production, you know, film scoring, anything else. I mean, people go in knowing that they're going to do film scoring, for example. You know, that was not my case, but people go in there with that sort of, like, specificity. But you still got to play your instrument, you know? It's definitely kind of a performer school in that way. You don't have to be amazing at it, but you have to be proficient, you know, to to sort of pass that. So, uh, yeah, but for me, I was like... I'm going to play the drums. And then, so guess when not. You, guess not, right? Guess not. So when you, when you dove first into composition, what was like some of the early stuff that you were like listening to or getting exposed to that really piqued your interest in composition and piqued your interest in like pursuing it even more? Yeah, for sure. Oh man, you know, I think one of my earlier influences and he's still such a huge influence for me. Vince Mendoza, I started to listen to him a ton, you know, and the work that he was doing, you know, both with the Metropole, you know, with London, everything from his original stuff, you know, Blauklang to uh, the stuff that he was doing with Joni Mitchell. I just like so fell in love with it and I still am, you know, and um, Kenny Wheeler a lot, you know, I started to listen to, yeah, Sweet Time Sweet. That makes sense. Put that on repeat, you know. Um, Oh, that's such a great album. Yeah, Aaron Parks is a huge influence too. You know, his oh, stuff okay. with uh, yeah, Little Big and um, it, I don't know. I, I guess I guess a lot of stuff uh, of, of that of that nature. I don't know that it has a nature, but yeah, those are, those are some names that kind of come, you know, come quickly into into my mind. Yeah, Maria obviously her stuff is is you know is incredible. Uh, you know, James argue, obviously his, his stuff is like so out there, you know, but I started to listen to him. I got a chance to see him in Boston. It was amazing. So I've never got to see him live. It's, it's wild. It was, it's very, very cool. You know, it was a very unique, unique experience. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some singer songwriter, songwriter stuff as well. Um, and, you know, my partner exposed to me to a lot of things that I hadn't been exposed to before that, that I think have some kind of influence to me, at least in an emotional way. Daniel Rawson, I've been listening to him like crazy for the last few years. He uh, was from Department of Eagles and uh, Grizzly Bear as well. And, uh, man, his stuff is just, his, his last album look. just, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also Daniel Rawson? Daniel okay, Rawson, yeah, yeah. his stuff just well, I, blows my mind. I tend to uh, link... Uh, suggested listening, suggested reading, or suggested viewing at yeah. the bottom based on what we talk about. So oh, I'll yeah. try and link some stuff for for this episode uh, yeah. with that. But Daniel Ross and I've not heard of, so I'm like, oh yeah, let's he's, dig into stuff. He's amazing, and I mean, also, you know, when I was when I started to study composition, I mean, I felt and I still do so, you know, like a fish out of water, you know, because I was just drumming and. Um, I also tried to take as many classical composition and history classes that I could. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I took this crazy Russian modulation class with this like, amazing teacher, and that taught me Russian a lot. Russian modulation I know, class? I know. Don't ask me anything right now. But <laughs> you know, I, I took a bunch of courses on, you know, Ravel and Debussy, and, and I just wanted to learn as much as I could because I was like, I don't know anything about anything, you know? So, uh, but those, I guess, were some, some of the earlier influences, definitely Vince, Kenny, um, you know, and Maria were, were sort of big, big influences at the start. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're really, really spongy in nature when you approach your, not just creative process, but your, your, your life process where mm-hmm. someone shows you something and you like dive down the rabbit hole with like such excitement uh, that you're not like, oh yeah, I think I got it, but like, oh no, I don't feel like I got anything, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone I ever admire has always said the same thing. Where they're like, oh yeah, I just felt like I didn't know, so I wanted to learn as much as possible, and I kept learning. Yeah, yeah, and I still do. I mean, I still feel like I don't know, just such an imposter. You know, like what what am I doing? I can't, I can't do this. Really, I feel like I'm just winging it all the time. <laughs> but I guess you just got to fake it till you make it and just like really, you, you know, respect the people that came before you, the people that are still doing it, you know, and that are doing it to the highest mm-hmm. level and just, get, you know, try to take a leaf out of, out of their book, you know, for the stuff that really reaches you and that speaks to you. Yeah. So when you, when you feel like you're winging it, it's, I feel like it's, it's funny because it seems like you're, you're taking some flight. You just released a project recently, right? Yeah, my my debut EP, I guess. <laughs> yeah, your debut it's funny EP. to say. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's self promoting. Yeah, it's it is. It's it funny to actually say it out loud after all this time that like you have your it debut is. EP. It really is. I feel like I've been holding out on so much music and on so many things because. I get into this mindset, you know, it takes me a while to write and then a while to produce. And then once it's ready, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I can't, no, there's no way I'm going to release this. This is awful. And it's happened to me a few times. And then with this, this time, I, I just, you know, you just got to do it. You know, there, there has to be a point where you just got to release it and let it go and just move on to the next thing. Uh, it's, it's kind of freeing in that way. But yeah, it's my debut with P. It's called Three Stories and it's three pieces for three people uh, in my life. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So I saw, uh, or I listened to three stories, I think last week and then earlier today and prep for this. Mm-hmm. And there are in those three stories, they're like, not necessarily like, Oh, okay. We're going to tell you the title right away or tell you the story right away. We have a <laughs> title that hints at something, but like, mm-hmm. are there any of those three stories that you want to, uh, talk about? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's two pieces for two. Well, I have two nephews. Uh, oh. So for Lene, Lene is, is my niece, and she is, you know, she's so cute. She's such a sweet girl. And she plays the piano beautifully, and I just I just wrote it for her. I mean, there's not much, there's not much to it, you know. I just wanted to write. I wanted to write something pretty. Uh, yeah. that's, that, that was really sort of my, my prompt. You know, I feel like I start to write, and then it, kind of inevitably I feel like it gets into this more convoluted place which is what it is but I was like really just trying to write something simple and pretty for her because she is just that you know she's so pure and beautiful and she's a lovely girl so that's for her um this the the second piece it 
has all right it's gonna get a little strange <laughs> the here. title's um, funny well yeah so it was originally <laughs> it was originally called dodging badgers um because <laughs> I-, I know <laughs> what? yeah uh i didn't call it like that um i wrote it for my partner we, we just gave each other like one summer day like a prompt to write a piece you know and we're just like okay here's a prompt Let's go our separate ways. Let's come back in an hour, I think, and like just show each other what we've got. Oh, that's so then so we did that. <laughs> and then so we each came up with, with like A2. And then he was like, oh, I love this piece. It's so cool. So then I wrote it for his, uh, for his quartet at the time. And then when I was thinking about doing the CP, I thought, well, I should just try to turn this into a big band piece. And he's like, are you really going to call it Dodging Badgers? And I was like, I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> that's why I called it like that. <laughs> yeah, are you, are you, that's a fun that's a fun idea or title that, and story that goes with such a cute idea for like a, a composer date. So is your 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 partner's also a composer and a musician? Yes, yes, he's he's a wonderful uh, all-around musician. He's a guitarist, he's an incredible vocalist. He has his own band Porterfield. He sidemans for other bands he composes he produces he mixes he teaches i mean he's kind of like he does it all yeah so very lucky to be with someone that's just that creative and that pushes me uh to to be creative and to stay creative as much as as much as i can i'm sure they both uh, you like they feel the same way about you that's such a nice household to like stay active and and push each other to reach each other's goals i feel like me and my wife both feel the same way about yeah. each other when it comes to things like that. She doesn't compose, but she is also uh, a music educator, and oh, I know so cool. I'm inspired by her and her Absolutely. Like, drive to educate where it's it comes to... field, education, yeah. and it's so important. I mean, my God. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way... She, and she teaches, like, primary education, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, pre-K three? Yeah, Whoa. three-year-olds to... Uh, to second grade. So she is like very much so very serious about giving them a good foundation. Mm -hmm. And like the way she approaches primary music education is a way that I have not seen a lot of people treat it as seriously. They're like, ah, yeah, you know, whatever. It's cute. So at the end of the day, like as long as they have fun, it's like, yeah, they're going to have fun, but there's like some foundational understanding. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Kelly, yeah, do your thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that you also have like a supportive partner that oh, makes absolutely. super cute date ideas. That's that's I cool. know. That's I'm so like, cool. I'll take it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. No, he's 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 the best. He's really the coolest. And uh, yeah, I'm very lucky that he's just always trying new things. You know, he's very good at that, and that that really is good for me to follow in his uh, follow his lead. So that's yeah. uh, that's that piece. And the third one, kids plays for my nephew who is turning 10 in February, which is like crazy, but Man. he is, he's a, he's a wild soul in the best possible way, you know, and he's just always like jumping around and doing things and he's doing ballet and he's, do, he's doing all these cool things. And, oh, you know, for cool. me, when I think of him, I just think of like this burst of energy and kind of the baseline came to me quickly. It was actually more difficult and weirder <laughs> than what it is now, so I simplified it. But I wanted to do to write something kind of like fun and energetic uh for, for him. Yeah. So very inspired by them. So he's a ballerina or ballerina. Yes. Ballerino. Yes. Ba- I, yeah. Actually, I don't know. I did. Sorry for all you dancers out there. Sorry for the dancers that we don't know your I know, <laughs> I know. 
Yeah, yeah. but that's, I mean, that's really cool because he has all this, this kinesthetic energy that he wants to output and there's this creative way to do it in, well, yeah. in dancing. So that's great that, that your sibling is like pushing them to, to do that. Oh, he's, yeah, my brother's just like, whatever they want to do, you know, and, and they're both so creative and they're, I mean, they're kids. I mean, my, my, my niece Lena gets up and all she wants to do is just play the piano. She just wants to play the piano, you oh. know? And that's amazing. Like they're not, they're not forcing her. They're not pushing her at all. It's just, it comes very naturally to her. And, uh, I mean, whatever happens in her life is, is that, but I'm glad that she has, uh, the, this like passion and interest at this young age to, you know, to do music. It's, I mean, for me, it's, it's so, it's so cool. So is your brother or their partner like a musician mm-hmm. too? Um, well, my brother used to play more guitar. Uh, no, I mean, he's, you know, dadding it and working but uh he still <laughs> plays it. he still plays eventually and um his wife not so much but they're you know they're both very i think artistically inclined and uh yeah i think they, they just wanted to encourage their kids in whatever they wanted to do and, and i think it was kind of art isn't that interesting i feel like when you let kids just be free you know and yeah. and explore their interests a lot of the times they're going to land on something artistic I really like that they're not pigeonholing them into anything and just letting them do. I just wish more of the kids that I saw had the same support and the same encouragement. Uh, As someone who comes in contact with kids a lot, it's just like, ah, man, you could be anything you want to be. So why be this one thing so early? Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like wherever it leads them. And so far they've like stuck with it, you know, like my nephew has been dancing for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at that age, you, you can bounce back and forth. And he has done a couple of things, but those two things have stayed pretty constant for them. So yeah. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful that they have, you know, their kids that are very much uh, alive and interested and just curious. That's, that's so beautiful to see. So I really wanted to, you know, not, now that they're young, try to capture a little bit of that as, if I could and, and just dedicate that to them also to just show them how much I love them. So. That's <laughs> just breathe, breathe, Stephen. Don't cry. Um, we were yeah. <laughs> picking out movies or before this, and my wife was like, "I don't want to see a movie where that make me cry." And I'm like, "Yeah, me either." So you know, we're we're already here right now. Just watch cry. Zoolander, man. That's so just ridiculous. Watch Zoolander. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're doing later as the oh, gas yeah. station scene. That's. <laughs> We're all his friends now. Oh my god, it's just so stupid, man. It's oh, so I great. haven't watched movies like that in forever. Have you seen Dodgeball yeah. recently? Oh my god. That's exactly so because Steven, it's because of Dodgeball that I called it Dodging Badgers because we had just seen it. Oh so yeah, Dodgeball. Yeah. I don't Oh my god. I think I think there was one line where, where his trainer was like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge anything. So he was like throwing wrenches at him. So we were just dying laughing watching this yeah. thing. So that, how to go. No, Dodgeball's amazing. I mean, oh, man. Movie. I need to watch. I lost my DVD to Dodgeball. What an oh. old phrase. What I a, what a, like, what a time pass phrase. Excuse me, 2023 now? Yeah, I, so back in college, you know, that's how you watch movies. That's how you watch movies. Netflix. Netflix came out like, or Netflix came out, their streaming service came out like maybe when I was a senior in college, yeah. a junior, senior in college. Yeah. So it was just like, 
oh, we can watch whatever now. But like me and my wife both have this like extensive DVD collection. And Dodgeball used to be one of those DVDs. And I have not watched it in years because I don't. You gotta. You know what? That's your Sunday homework for you and your wife. We just gotta gotta watch watch Dodgeball. Find Dodgeball. Watch Watch Dodgeball. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a badger. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. that you have this like not just creative inspiration but this loving inspiration for your partner for your family that you can put into these compositions and like years down the road I would know that I would love to look back on what I got to write or if I was the person who was the subject of the writing what uh someone I love created for me so it's like it's that must have been really special to not only give it out to the world, but give it out to them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, well, for me, it's, it's added a really nice, uh, very real dimension, you know, to, to do this. And, and also that's what I was like, I just got to release it. You know, I can't be holding out on stuff because, you know, it's, it's for them. It's, it's this moment. And it's, and it's also, you know, my partner always tells me it's, it's a snapshot, you know, you just have to accept it for what it is. Of course you could, of course it could always be better. Of course you're going to hear. I mean, all I hear is just the mistakes, you know, and the bad stuff. And it's really hard for me to be like, oh, this is nice. I'm just always like, oh, God. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, there's acceptance that has to come into play. And it's just like, yep, this is, that's, that's where I was when I wrote it. So that's it yeah right yeah so now that and i'm a different person yeah. now that love is still there which is great exactly. it's just, yeah and but it was a snapshot of me in a certain time yeah like it's oh man i need to start thinking more like that when it comes to releasing projects that's <laughs> that's a great sentiment to have uh yeah. especially playing wise um so your your creative process at least it seems it feels like it has to do a lot with like Extra musical sources, I guess, uh, and that's kind of where we got the name for the podcast. Yeah, I know, like right? Extra yeah. musical sources and uh, what, what you're inspired by and what your creative process looks like, and it seems like it's mm. really impacted by people who mean a lot to you, which is a, a special way of going into the creative mindset. Yeah, yeah, this is this is true, and it's true of um, I've been. Oh man, I feel like I've been writing this project for ten years in my head. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to finish the writing this year. Uh, it's based on a book of a person that I really love. He's this incredible um, author and and a good friend of mine from uh, from back at home. And he wrote this poetry book that just blew my mind and my heart away when I when I read it. And and ever ever since that happened, I've been you know I've had this idea of writing a record 
for that, to accompany that, uh, inspired by that. I don't, I don't yet know kind of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, and it's, and it's, and it's very much informed by, I mean, it's totally informed by the poetry in that book and, and my relationship with him, uh, as well over the years. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Well, I hope I can't wait to hear it once it's done. Uh, what's the do? Do you feel comfortable telling me the name of the book for suggested reading for? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I have to come back to you on the title for English because it has been translated into English. Oh, but, okay. We can have yeah. the title in Spanish though. That's yeah. I mean, like... Give me a check because I have it like right here. One sec. <coughs> waiting music. This is our waiting music. We are waiting. It's music. Waiting music. Yeah. And we're back. And we're it's called <laughs> Descripción de un brillo azul cobalto, which is um, like a description of a sort of a ray of light that is like cobalt blue, kind of. I know it sounds oh. like, it, it sounds better in English. It's an incredible, incredible book. And I, I just, you know, I keep it, you know, where I write. So got to oh. do it. I got to finish it. Man, it just seems like you have all these, like, special relationships of these people who have their own creative sides or their own just, like, special i keep saying special relationship but like these relationships that really inspire you so that's cool that like your creative process can involve a lot of those and you Mm -hmm. have talked about um some of the challenges you have with like staying creative or at least like releasing your creative projects but is there anything like challenging that you have with staying creative especially like uh in the in the pandemic after the pandemic like just Mm -hmm. in general Absolutely. I mean, I struggle with that every day, (laughs) you know, I try to set myself deadlines. Uh, I mean, fortunately when I do have outside deadlines and that's very motivating for me, it's like, Oh, cool. Somebody wants me to write something for them. Crazy, but I'll do it. So the outside deadline is, is, is pretty vital, but you have to have internal deadlines. Otherwise I just, I would never do anything, you know? So I've like set myself these projects because otherwise it's just then all this doubt comes in and all these thoughts and it's just like, well, you can't do it and why are you doing it and blah, 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 all the all the baddies. So in order to yeah. try to <laughs> keep them at bay, you just have to not think a lot about it and just build a routine, which I'm, I still struggle with because I'm sort of, you know, there's people that are like morning people or there's mm-hmm. like night people. But I mean, I work all day too. So it's hard to find you know, like the early mornings or the late evenings to do this. I feel like I still, after all this time, I haven't found like a good groove, you know, for me to do this. Uh, maybe, maybe I will soon. It, it would be nice, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> it would be. It would be nice. Yeah, I think I just, I, I feel, I feel, I feel very limited, you know, that's, that's, that's really the truth. I feel very limited in my ability to, to write and to, and to compose something that is compelling. And I feel like that's like my biggest, my biggest block, you know? Like that, that you're, what you have to put on a paper and what you have to say musically um, is, is limited or that like the, the time is more so the first one. Um, Yeah, I think, I think the, I think the first one, I mean, time, time is, time is what it is, you know? And I feel like if you're, if you're motivated, if you have like an hour a day, two hours a day, you'll just like really, 
you know, make it happen. And, and I do make it happen when I have to, when I have deadlines, you know, or when I really just self-impose something, a project, which I've done and it's worked out. I don't want to say well, but it's just worked out, you know, because I just like have to make it happen for myself. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's way more psychological for me of, of just my own. Yeah. Thinking that I just don't, don't have that much to say, you know, or like why, just why do it? I don't know. Sounds kind of depressing, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like tons of people, especially creative Positive people, ideas, struggle yeah. with that as well. Yeah, where yeah. where we get into our into our I don't know into our mirror talk where we're like, yeah. hey, mirror why talk. Are you, why are you doing the thing? Why are you Should doing we the even thing? do this in the first place? And then when we do it and we get into our talking to other people's talk, they say so many affirming things that you hope to hear or that you hope that like, I feel when I listen to three stories or when I listen to other people's work in general, one of the things that I I think continuously not being self-reflective, but reflective in general is like, man, I'm so glad that there's all this new material out there and that they said what they said in general, that not that it, had to be something absolutely new or it is new and everything we say might be a sentence that someone else said it, but a sentence with a new inflection Mm -hmm. or a sentence with uh, just a different lexicon to say the same things. So it's not necessarily that we, I feel like we were going to hear the same thoughts over and over when we self-talk, but as soon as we put it out to the world, there's just like all these different spins on Mm -hmm. something that we thought was silly or something that we thought was played out absolutely and I mean it's also you know I have to remind myself you have to just take the weight off of it a little bit you know it's not it's not that heavy it's just I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to diminish the importance of music because like that's not what music. I'm trying to do it all but it's just music you just, right. just do it you know it's a choice it's beautiful don't torture yourself over it I mean I'm talking to myself you know it's like just yeah right do the thing, man. Like, stop yeah. it, you know? At, it feels like you're just study more. Like, what is it? Just get to it, you know? Yeah, right. At the end of the day, it's just, it's going to be sounds, you know? It's going to be sounds. And you sounds. know you're not making, you're not making, like, scrapes on a chalkboard. And then there, are, there's a whole population of people who want to hear, like, very, very disruptive sounds and chaotic sounds. Absolutely. So even if you did that, someone's like, heck, yeah, I'm so glad I know, someone right? did this. Yeah, yeah, you're very right. There's there, there's space for it. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's just sound. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. That's I appreciate that. It's cool. Well, I appreciate the three stories <laughs> and uh, your you. work that I got to hear. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you do outside of your field that like contributes to your process or that like gives you clarity when the mm. process is a lot? Yeah. Um, it kind of varies. I mean, I love going to museums. I also get a lot of inspiration mm. from visual art. I don't, I actually, I don't know if that's true, but I really love visual art, you know, and, and painting and sculpture. And I, I, and I also, but also just other shows, you know, I mean, that is musical obviously, but I try to go as, to as many shows as I can. And that's just incredibly uh, inspiring to me, you know, just to see this community that's still going, uh, you know, it, despite everything that that we've lived through, you know, for the past three years, um, but yeah, I love I love reading. I love reading. Um, I've been getting fortunately more into uh, reading fiction again, which is just so amazing, man. It just it teaches you so much about the human heart, you know, and relationships, and that's just very inspiring and moving to me. 
but I don't know. I feel like you, you know, you, you never know what's going to inspire you. Like not things are not necessarily causal. So you may read a book and be like, this is incredible. And just like feel a way. And then you'll go to the piano and like, just write something. And maybe there was a part of your brain that was affected by it that you may not know. And you just, you know, you just gotta be open and explore things and have conversations with your friends and, Go on a walk. I don't know. Just experience oh. it all. I feel like you're in a great place to hear, hear all the music possible because you live in mm. Brooklyn, right? I do. Yeah. So I, I try to get out as much as I can. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel yeah. I am kind of the opposite. I'm in like rural Maryland. So mm-hmm. I don't get to see as many shows as I would like to yeah. in a year. And so when I do get to see something, I'm like really appreciative. But of I, sometimes I'm very jealous of, of the city people. Who just yeah. get to, oh, so what's like a, a, a cool show that you've seen uh, or like what the, are the types of shows that you could see probably in like a one mile radius of where you live? Uh, why not? Oh, man. Uh, I just saw Bill Frizzell at Bar Lunatico a couple of weeks ago. Oh, man. Uh, it was, I think they're, I uh, hope I'm not saying this wrong. I think, I think it was their 10th anniversary or something like that. It was a big anniversary for Lunatico and Bill played there and it was just out of this world. I mean, it was amazing, you know? So definitely Lunatico has a lot of cool stuff and that's pretty close to where I live. So I'm very lucky uh, about that. I've been able to see some cool shows. I saw my, uh, my good friend, Songi John. Uh, she's this incredible, incredible vocalist and musician from Korea. She did a duo performance with, uh, with a Brazilian guitarist and that was just Man, out of this this world, you know. And I love it. It's just this tiny, you know, it's it's kind of like a hole in the wall. You know, they have amazing food, you know, and they really just program incredible shows, you know. And you get to just be, like, right there. So that's definitely a place that I go to uh, as much as I can and try to, you know, just support music in in that spot. So that's that's cool. Oh, man, I'm kind of jealous that that... That are envious, I guess, is the right I word. know. Well, uh, you gotta, you know, you know, you gotta just come over and we'll we'll, we'll go hang, see if yeah, we go. Just like uh, head up to Brooklyn and wait, maybe I was there. I wasn't in Brooklyn. I was in Manhattan, but I was in Queens like okay. a little bit ago. Uh, oh. Why were we in Queens? Did you go to Terraza? I mean, that's a cool spot too for music. Oh no, I have been there. Uh, I went there back in June. After a rehearsal at uh, Jazz Gallery, and uh, mm-hmm. me and Courtney, do you know Courtney right? Hmm. Baritone saxophonist. No, so I she's don't. also a composer. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. So we we um, did the the same Jazz Gallery thing that you did mm-hmm. earlier. Oh yeah. Um, um, earlier this year, and oh, very then cool. I, I wanted to go see. Uh, I didn't know that Tarasa Seven Big Band wasn't playing anymore, so uh-huh. I uh-huh. knew it was like a night that they usually had large ensemble music. Um, yeah. So I saw. Was it Manuel Valeras? No. Oh, the something. Cuban Express was it that? Yeah, it was. It was oh. something. Dun 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 dun. I like the dun 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 It was Samuel Torres. It was oh, Samuel Torres' his big band, but uh, Manuel Valera was playing for it. Oh, um, cool! How was that? Must have been yeah. killing. It was killing, and I was just like, "Oh man, I wish I could see this type of big band." I know all the time. It was it was so great. It was it was really cool. There's the something really special about just large ensembles, you know. It's yeah, a pain to um, put together, but once you do it, woof! It's worth so it. Cool. It's it worth is it. All, all worth it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to when you do that, and then hopefully it's a day that I can like <laughs> just book it up to New York. I'm only I'm like four and a half hours away, so I can book it up when I can. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let me know either way when you're here. We'll just go see some cool shows. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love for I'd love to meet your partner because you guys oh, sound like great. a fun, like uh, a fun and the creative uh, couple. your artistic life that you you didn't expect so i know one of the things you said was even the composition in general was something that you didn't expect further Mm -hmm. and further down the road because it's been like kind of 14 ish years since you've uh fell into that what's something that you didn't expect to happen even more oh man i mean the work that i do now i I did not think i was gonna do what i do now. i i work for um a management and booking agency uh, here in New York. And, and that's, I don't know why, but I just started to get pegged to this person that just can make stuff happen, I guess, uh, in a very broad sense ever, you know, even when I was in college, you know, I just started to get these sort of, uh, production gigs, you know, and I enjoyed it. I, I do actually very much like to make stuff happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, so that's something that I didn't expect. I mean, when I was studying at Berkeley, I thought first I was like, I'm going to be a drummer. And then I was like, I'm going to be a drummer composer. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, I make a lot of stuff happen. And then I write too. So it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a road, you know, I did not expect that, but it's, it's been really fulfilling and very different, but it's also in service of the music industry and of art, which I'm very grateful for. Um, yeah, yeah. I did not expect that. <laughs> it's cool that you get to to make things happen for other artists yeah. in in your daily life, and then go mm-hmm. home and create for you. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's challenging sometimes, you know, for sure to to find the, you know, the brain space of of doing it all for sure. Um, that's that's a ch- that's a challenge, you know. Just like literally, you know, after the day is done, being like, okay, now let me go write for a couple of hours. Exactly. There are some days where I'm like, I I've listened to music all day because I'm rehearsing these children and yeah, yeah. talking about music and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then I get home and it's like, oh, okay. So I'm do supposed to do this now. Music or do I just watch dodgeball? Yeah. Do I, or do I watch <laughs> the the Oscar award not winning? <laughs> not winning. Yes, exactly. Uh, Pulitzer Prize ignored. That's, that's exactly what it is. So that's, that's definitely a challenge that I, that I deal with, but you know, um, doing, doing, doing music is hard, obviously, you know, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people do it and a lot of people have to find other ways, you know, to support themselves. And, and uh, for me, this has been it. But like I said, it's it's you know it's hard work. But I'm really really grateful that it it is in service of other artists and of 
damn good artist too. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool to be to be in that field for sure. But I do not expect that, you know, like when I was in college to be like doing what I'm doing now at all. I mean, it's also cool that you have that, and then eventually this. I mean, the skills aren't not transferable. Aren't not are transferable. The skills, mm-hmm. yeah, like those are could be in service of damn good artists, including like yourself. Yeah, I I have a hard time with that part, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool because like I I feel like I do have a lot more, you know, putting a a big band session together was like these peanuts, you know, now compared to everything else that I do, you know. But I feel like you're you're very organized in that way too. I mean, you just organized a tour, literally putting together a bunch of big bands on the road. Like that's incredible, man. I thought I I feel like it's a it's a lot easier than. than I thought it was going to be at mm. first. And if I could recommend it to you or any other person yeah. that does big band who's like, man, how do I get my music heard outside of my area? It's like, oh, yeah. you can just get in a you car. Just and hire people. Just go. Hire people. Yeah, you just go there. So I'm hoping to do more of that. And like, mm-hmm. I hope, again, I'm waiting to come up to New York to do the same thing and just yeah. hear you. Hey, do you want to split a bill? We can just split a bill. Let's just do it. What are we doing? Let's just do it. Yeah, I'm super down. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Let's just split a bill. All right. It's done. It's happening. It's done. When We're are you coming? It. Yeah. I don't know. We're doing yet. It. I'm, I'm organizing an octet tour, but okay, let's okay, do okay, it. Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously but we, though. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. You heard it here. Uh, extra musical Oops. listeners. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Uh, we're going to split a bill. WTVD, but it'll happen. It's going to, yeah. Hopefully by the time this podcast episode premieres, we've nailed something down. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We could do it at the Jazz Gallery. There's so many places we could do it at, you know? There are, yeah. Um, yeah. So outside of this this future gig that we're going to produce. I know, right? <laughs> outside of that. Um, like, uh, what are some, uh, pieces of advice or piece of advice? P- what's a piece of advice that you might have for someone, um, they're, they're a young drummer who was, wants to be a drummer composer and mm. they're, they're heading out there. What's something that, uh, you would say to a younger you or to anyone looking to do what you do? Oh, one of many man. Gosh, I don't even know. What would I tell myself? You know, maybe work hard, but take a little bit ease on yourself. You know, like it's it's okay. It's it's a process, and um, definitely, you know, one thing that my partner told me a couple of years ago, which has stayed with me, uh, this whole idea of being successful, you know, and and peaking too early in your career you know it's like why do you want to peak when you're 30 or when you're 32 you know it's 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 about the process you know and you have to just keep going and hopefully your art will get better you'll get more mature you'll have more experiences you know more Mm -hmm. influences and I think just sort of being comfortable with the fact that it's just a choice and it's an everyday choice and you'll hit milestones you'll get records you'll get the recognition maybe you know from i think especially the whole recognition part you have to be very careful with that it's it's who do you who do you care about you know who do you care that recognizes what you do actually you know and and maybe aiming for that and um but yeah i think i think just understanding that it's more of a process and, and not not be not be so goal oriented solely for the for the sake of like hitting milestones you know yeah 
don't know. I think I think that, and it's an advice that I would give myself, you know, when I was younger and now. You know, I I still have to remind myself of that. I think the first time any I've I heard or read that was this year. The same mm-hmm. sort of sentiment of process oriented, like goals and feeling like yeah. success that you're in the process and that you're constantly choosing to do the process yeah. versus like hitting a milestone. Cause those things only last for a second and yeah. it can come from anywhere and it might not, it's not going to make you feel any different than you were right before it. So Absolutely. it might make you really happy for a second, but yeah. Like trying to remove you're... like the angst of like, Oh my God, you know, like I'm not here. I'm not there yet. Or what it's who's what doesn't matter. Just, just the process and just getting better and, and life is short, you know, you got to hopefully love what you do for as long as you can. Yeah. That's, I, I like that advice. And I'm going to go back in time and say the same thing to myself when I'm 20 and be like, Hey, listen to Inez Velasca. I think I may partner really good thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. we talked about like some of the stuff that you loved listening to as yeah. a kid, uh, or as a younger musician, some of the stuff that um, you were reading as well, and then the viewing, the visual art. If you want to send me any of the visual art that you like, I'm going to include that. I just like to include anything that like, absolutely like, in the yeah. uh, in the show notes. Um, is there anything that you like wished I asked you? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered a lot of cool stuff. You know, yeah. thanks for thank, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> thank you for for uh, me and. Uh, Inez are part of the same uh, composer workshop, and hey, this was just like a yeah. Shout out BMI, uh, even though I'm part of ASCAP. Shout out BMI. This is. I'm all right, same. Don't let them know. But this was like a a, a chance thing. We were both presenting uh, stuff in the last session, mm-hmm. and I had just started the the production on this podcast. And uh, Alan Ferber was like, hey, Inez, do you want to go on the thing? And I was like, oh, I don't even know. I, I don't even know who this person is. And I it know. turns out that she's this really cool, really killing composer Aww. with all these very insightful and loving thoughts towards her family, partner, and friends. So I just I appreciated the, the sentiments that you had today and uh, your thoughts on the process in general. Oh, thank you. It's it's so nice. You know, I was like very, you know, nervous when you asked me. I was like, what am I even going to say? Like, what do you mean? You want me to talk to you? What? But no, it's always, it's, I, I you know, I always get like that. But then I, I super enjoy it. So thank you. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, where can listeners find you online so they can follow more of your music and your art? Oh, yeah. I mean, sounds cliche, but like literally everywhere that you find music, you know, Spotify, Deezer, Amazon, it's all out there. Um, I think I only, you know, in those platforms, it's only the EP. I have a YouTube channel where I have a couple more things. I've been working on a project called Standard Repertoire um, as well. So I've got some stuff up there. And yeah, I think that's that's that. I guess I guess on the good old Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll link uh, all of her socials and uh, her uh debut ep three stories in our show notes but for now you just listened to an interview with inez velasco uh the mexican composer drummer producer and overall like loving badass so <laughs> thanks for listening and thank you so much inez for being thank on thank you Stephen. amazing such a pleasure yeah thank you for listening to this episode of extra musical extra musical is a hidden cinema records production 
please be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts and look out for future episodes. Bye for now.